1: Black Label presents Heavy Montreal, the heaviest festival in Canada. Back for a 10th edition, two days of rock and metal. July 27th and 28th, outdoors at Parc Jean Drapeau. Witness Slayer performed their last show in Quebec ever. Performances by Ghost, Godsmack, Evanescence, Slash, Anthrax, Steel Panther, Kill Switch, Engage, and many more. 40 bands playing four stages on a festival site that you have to see to believe. Festival passes are on sale now. Visit HeavyMontreal.com. Produced by Avenco.
2: Hi, I'm Mark Striegel, host and producer of this show since 2005. On this episode, we're going to talk some rock, some metal, and anything else we feel like. We're also going to jam some tunes, have a drink, and share some honest opinions. Thanks for listening to the Talking Metal Podcast. Let's get things started. Here's an old classic that sounds just as good today as it did when we were kids. Welcome to another edition of the Talking Metal podcast. We have the one and only Bobby Blitz from Overkill on the show with us today. I cannot wait for you guys to hear this interview. Bobby has been a longtime friend of Talking Metal and a friend of mine and Emily's and John Astronomy. It's always great to talk with him and catch up. So uh, without further ado, let's get right into the interview. Of course, we open the show with some classic Overkill, Power Surge. But right now, let's get into some new Overkill. This is Believe in the Fight by Overkill, followed by my interview with Bobby Ellsworth of Overkill.
3: Yeah, you been, man? Good, good. Everything well? Yeah, everything's great.
2: Everything's great, man. Psyched to uh, Emily, talk with you. Emily's Emily
3: doing... and 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 uh, the son, right? Yeah, two
2: two boys, Grant and Harrison. Yeah. Oh, there Emily. you go. Yeah.
3: Fantastic. Yeah, we're doing good. Oh, that's killer. Long time, man.
2: Yeah, it's been been a little while. I'm trying to think when we spoke with you last. Maybe a year and a half ago. Maybe two years. I
3: think. Uh, yeah, I think I spoke to Emily last night. You? Yeah. Thanks.
2: Yeah, yeah, Yeah. and then we then we saw you somewhere. I think was that at Starland Ballroom or somewhere. I can't remember. Anyways, oh
3: god, I ran into you at uh, Dingbats. Right. Um, I forget what for. We were across the street when we were talking. Oh, Eddie Trunk thing. Yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Wow, you got a good memory, man.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes it sometimes it doesn't serve me well. Believe it or not, right? uh, You remember you remember the good stuff as well as the bad stuff. Yeah. Good to be talking metal with a Jersey boy, I'll tell you that much.
2: Yeah, absolutely, man. And I am psyched because the the album is out, the Wings of War, the Wings Over the USA tour is about to start with Death Angel and, and Mothership. And let's, let's start there with the tour, man, because I, I got to tell you, I was not familiar with the, with the band Mothership. And I went online and was listening to them really good and, and kind of like a doomy stoner rock vibe about them.
3: Yeah, for sure. It has a rock and roll vibe about it. Uh, they were, they were an add on, um, as we were in Europe, uh, just this past March, uh, we originally had, uh, uh, Broderick and Drover and act of defiance, but Chris had moved on to do something within flames. Uh, so we needed a, we needed a quick, um, fill in and, uh, our, our agent sent us some stuff by them. And we like that rock and roll kind of doomy vibe from them. We thought it would fill it out with uh, with Death Angel and us uh, really well.
2: Absolutely, I think it's a, a definitely a good addition. And and you're you're definitely a fan of that stuff because I even going back to the Cursed album that you did with Dan Lorenzo many years ago, it kind of had a kind of doomy rock vibe about it too.
3: Yeah, doom and roll kind of a kind of a thing. Yeah, that was a that was a fun project because. You know, you're you're you step out of character, and I think, you know, I think the you know the beauty of music is, uh, you know, having uh, an eclectic palette. You know, it's uh, it doesn't just have to be one type. And you know, when I had an opportunity to do the cursed, um, and it really was, you know, something. Uh, Dan comes from that doom end of things, and I love that classic rock vibe of uh, of the 70s, it, and it just kind of married the two together. Uh, so it was a it was a real fun project
2: absolutely and again the wings over the usa tour it is overkill death angel who's always great i know they have a, an album coming out next month and mothership so don't miss it i believe you guys are in new york may 10th which will be at a, that show i cannot wait and uh yeah and the new album man i'm really really digging it the wings of war just uh, the you know what the song I just keep playing over and over and over again. Believe in the fight, so good. Can you tell me a little bit about that specific song and and the lyrics and the meaning behind it?
3: Well, you know, I, I mean, quite quite obviously, when uh, you listen to that, that's really just upgraded overkill, current day one hundred one. I mean, this is uh, this has been a formula of arts is to kind of capture the energy. Um, uh, the song is uh, uh, quite honestly about um i suppose uh current day social uh commentary um that uh it seems that um uh, w- we get in each other's way more more often than agree with each other right. and, and compromise what well, you know what's a whatever happened to uh to decent dialogue <laughs> yeah know? so uh, you know, i mean it's always it's always what uh, i i firmly believe that uh specifically our country was based on was was decent dialogue um you know you agree to disagree uh but it seems that the current day that common sense has kind of lost or left the equation um and uh so people believe in the fight uh just keep going on uh you know uh quite obviously um pushing through uh to believe uh in in what you believe is uh correct
2: absolutely and the the drums on the new album sounding just fantastic jason bittner who has played with a lot of different bands he's now in the fold with you guys. I know he was touring with you guys for a while but this is his first album with you guys. How long did how much did his playing affect the the sound and the vibe of the album in your opinion?
3: Well, I, I mean I think it's obvious. I think this is uh, probably one of the more brutal overkill drum records that we've ever had if if not the. Yes. Uh but also played with, you know, a surgical precision, you know, which is which is his M.O. You know, and and we had the luxury of touring with him for a year before we recorded a note. So, you know, I, I mean, I think I was in the Ukraine uh, a year before he had done the drum tracks last uh, June. And I knew that the chemistry of the band had changed in in three songs. Sure, they were the same songs, but they were played you know, differently with uh, with with Jason's panache to it. So, um, you know, the luxury is playing live. So then when we get to the studio, we all kind of know what to expect. So I think, you know, what the band did or the rest of the band uh, embraced that chemistry. Um, And by embracing that chemistry, sure, we're still overkill. But at the end of the day, we have something different to present with it. So his his impact or his input to the record uh, was monumental. I mean, he was the guy who was working on everything, you know, on a daily basis. I was getting six, eight, different versions of head of a pin or believe in the fight. You know, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? What do you think of this? So I think Jason was, uh, you know, was uh, the key element to uh, to giving this, let's say, a, a little bit of difference, uh, but still with that overkill stamp at the end of the day.
2: Right on, right on. And it's interesting because um, it sounds like what you're saying is when, when you have new musicians come into the band, like, like Jason, you're not actually directing them on how the songs need to be played i'm talking about previous songs from the catalog you, you let them kind of put their own spin on it or do you need to direct them and say hey it needs to be done just like this
3: no you know there's not really direction i think he has a certain pride in you know obviously uh playing what was put on the record uh but then again uh playing it with his uh you, you know within his own realm so sure, he's he's uh, mimicking those notes. He's playing uh, that piece uh, correct. But I think again, you add that surgical precision. You add, um, you know, his um, uh, schooling. You get a different outcome. Uh, but we didn't have to direct him with that. That was uh, obviously his own his own doing.
2: Right on. Another song that a lot of people are talking about, especially us people here in Jersey. Of course, welcome to the Garden State. Love it, man. It's so much fun. The references that you're hitting in the song and the Springsteen ending. And and tell me, what's that movie sample at the at the beginning? Is that from a, what movie is that?
3: That's uh, it's from a Sopranos episode.
2: Oh, OK. Sopranos. Episode.
3: So we, want, we wanted to make a complete New Jersey from start to finish. Yeah. <laughs> But the uh, that was a hell of a lot of fun to do. I mean, it just kind of rolled off. us. So I think those, I think those lyrics came out of me. You know, inside the 20 minutes. Um, you know, we've always kind of had that punk uh, uh, seed in us. I mean, we're 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 uh, a combination of the new wave of British heavy metal and that, you know, that New York punk scene that that happened in the late 70s and led into the 80s. You know, right. that energy. So I mean, this was this was real natural for us.
2: And the Springsteen ending, I mean, it's just so clever. And it took me a second, the first time I heard it out, and then I was just like, holy shit, There, that's Tramps Like Us right there in an overcast.
3: <laughs> how, how, Listen, if you're not gonna nod to the boss, right. you're doing a Jersey song.
2: Absolutely, I mean, how hard was that to musically fit in there? I mean, it, cause it, it kind of, it comes out of nowhere, but it totally works so well.
3: Well, it's seamless. You know, that was the, you know, that was the point. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't supposed to stop and restart. It was supposed to be seamless. And uh, when we were messing around with the demos, um, uh, they had played, uh, they had played just a version of it in the studio, just, just having some fun with it. And then the, um, we found that it went with the song. We we cut it in um, as, as two different parts but then when we were recording it live for the record, it just went right with the song. There was no, you know, there was no hiccup or no burp or anything. It was just, uh, it was in the right key. It all worked out well for us.
2: That's awesome. Do you ever have any run-ins with the, with the boss, being a Jersey guy?
3: No, never met the boss. I did see him, uh, gosh, I forget where it was. It was down on Route 35 or something, way back in the 80s. And, I, okay. and he was... Uh, it was at a red light, and I, I think it was like in an old Volkswagen, as I remember. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he's just, you know, I mean, what you hear about him is he's a regular Jersey guy, you know, and isn't that, uh, isn't that the way it should be? Yeah, and
2: I think he played, like, his first band had kind of like a hard rock vibe about it. I think it was Steel Mill or something uh, that him and, and Little Steven had way back in the day. They They actually... I want to say they opened for Vanilla Fudge or something like that back in the like, late 60s. So
3: Wow, there, there's something for Trivial Pursuit, huh? Yeah.
2: <laughs>
3: Absolutely cool. So at one point,
2: I could have sworn, sworn you told me, and I might be mistaken on this, that, that you guys were going to have uh, Andy Sneap mixing the, the Wings of War record, the, the new record. I, but you ended up having Zeus. Was Andy too busy for Judas Priest, or am I totally imagining that you told me that?
3: No, you hit it right in the head. Uh, I mean, that's that's exactly what happened. Um, We had done, you know, he he, we had penciled him in. He had penciled us in. Uh, You know, we liked what he had done with the grinding wheel. Um, We were at a show in Mexico. It was called Heaven and Hell, and uh, uh, there was two stages going simultaneously. And uh, I I had the uh, guitar tech get a picture of me from the back because you know about. A quarter of a mile away, Priest was on and Halford was on the big uh jumbotron. And I wanted a picture of me playing with Halford, even though we were about a half right, a mile apart right. from each other. Yeah. And we met we met Andy after the show and he said it's just not gonna happen because they're gonna yeah. keep booking dates and uh and uh Glenn uh is not gonna be uh back in the fold um uh, for for a lot of the live performances, and I agreed to do everything. So it it was pretty simple. I I think by the time we had left that dressing room, uh, we were already talking Zeus. Uh Dee, Dee had experience with him, um, uh, and and Jason had experience with him with Shadows Fall. So it was uh it was kind of a no-brainer getting recommendations from you know two of the guys you trust the most, uh in your band, saying, Okay, you know, let's roll with this. And Dave Linsk and I nodded our heads and said, Okay, let's give him a shot. So so as soon as Andy said no, we knew that uh Zeus was gonna have to be our man for this.
2: Absolutely. And he did just a great job. The album again guys is the wings of war by overkill we're talking with bobby blitz here on talking metal and a couple just kind of uh i guess hot topics if you will that are that are currently going on that i wanted to get your opinion on and you know emily and i we go to a a ton of shows and we've definitely realized uh something about a lot of the groups not a lot but a good a, a good percentage of the bands that we go see live it's it's something that you guys would never ever do but they are there are so many bands out there using backing tracks now and sometimes not even backing tracks actual lead vocal tracks for certain songs what are your thoughts on on this do you think that as bands get older it's okay for them to do this to kind of help them out or do you think it's cheating
3: well I mean, come on. I mean I, come yeah. from, <laughs> I mean, I think, you know, that answer right there. I right. mean, it, you know, I, I understand the presentation of it. That's a uh, uh, perfection. But, you know, my feeling about live is that it's been you know, it's been the drug or the high I've been chasing since, you know, uh, before we were signed. You know, you, you get on that stage. The, the whole point is that there's risk Um uh, and I love the risk. The risk is what throws it over the top. You know, this many years into my career, my my stomach still turns upside down, and it doesn't turn upside down because I'm wondering if if the backing tracks are going to be correct. It turns <laughs> yeah. upside down. it turns upside down because I still feel like I'm taking that risk, or I'm that close to that high again uh, that I that I first uh, achieved in 1983, for instance. So I mean, I come from that school of live is is the purity you know if if we do a record um the you know, the wings of war believe in the fight you said that you're you know you're loving that song oh yeah the point is it was created in a live uh, circumstance that with guys sweating and sharing a pizza and you know cracking a few blue moons or heineken's and and saying we're almost there um we try to recreate that uh on the record i mean sure we want it sonically perfect But we're trying to recreate the feeling we had when we knew it was done. So, you know, I come from uh, the school of risk. Um, That's the exciting factor uh, or element for me being in a band this long. To stand on that stage and know that there's a possibility of failure is is why I continue to do it because it uh, it feels great when you succeed.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. And another thing, you know, we see a lot is we go see bands and. Some of these bands now are down to, you know, one, sometimes literally zero original members. Now, you and D.D. Dee Dee have been there since the beginning and and, you know, but there's, again, a lot of bands out there where we're having just the drummer is is the guy there or there are no original members. Is it OK for bands to continue, in your opinion, with one or none original members? <laughs>
3: Well, I, you know that that opinion is uh, uh, is private. I think I think that's for them okay. to decide. The I th- I think that what I you know what we do, um, and sure there's there's only two of us uh, at this point. But the the factor for us why it continues is is that chemistry thing I talked about early with Jason that we yeah. always will embrace that chemistry. You know, you listen to the Wings of War one time. You know, we didn't mail it in. You could tell that we still have the fever and the hunger, and that becomes the deciding factor for me it 's not about what we were it's about being relevant to what we are that two two thousand and nineteen is as important as nineteen ninety or nineteen eighty nine or or more so because it's the current day so you know my feeling is is that overkill always stands behind what they do in the current day, so that means we embrace the chemistry, therefore. If our relevance continues, then we can continue wholeheartedly and with clear conscience, because because uh, then it's pure, and 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 that's our philosophy as opposed to somebody else's. But listen, entertainment's entertainment. If they want to go out and play with one member and and, and play cover songs, I mean, it's their own, you know, it's a, it's their own uh, choice to do so. Uh, my relevance stays with the uh, the release of the Wings of War.
2: Absolutely cool, and we are talking. With Bobby from Overkill, the Wings Over USA tour is about to start. I believe April 25th. You will start the tour with Death Angel and Mothership. Have you worked out a set list yet? Um, any any songs maybe we haven't heard in a while coming back into the set list?
3: Yeah, we're we're actually hit it right in the head. It's the 25th in Baltimore, um, and then uh, you know comes all the way around to New York, and then up to Boston. Uh, but we have, we've, uh, we've thrown some stuff in from the '90s. Uh, we threw some stuff in from the '80s. You know, we'd like to dust some stuff off. I mean, uh, oh. you know, you're an old school guy too. So there's, you know, deny the Cross is in there. Uh, uh, Necroshine from uh, from the late '90s is showing up. Uh, song called Bastard Nation. We we just had the, you know, the opportunity to run through Europe with this with uh, Flotsam and Jetsam um, and Destruction. I mean, just an absolute three prong attack. I mean, just a killer tour. And the set went over great. Uh, and especially, you know, for me, the reason the set goes over great is not because of Deny the Cross, but because of Head of a Pin, Distortion, uh, Welcome to the Garden State, and yeah. Last Man Standing. I mean, yeah. this is, again, the risk. You know, this is the risk. These are the four that you're like, oh, we could fail here, you know. So, but, uh, but we didn't fail with them. Uh, it was uh, success all the way around. So, so it'll be a different set than uh, the last time Overkill came through, especially with uh, not just dusting off the oldies, but um, uh, injecting it with new uh, energy with the new song.
2: Awesome. Cool. Well, we wish you all the best, Bobby. And uh, looking forward to the the New York show, which again, I believe is May 10th. So uh, yeah, man, I'm psyched.
3: Yeah, May 10th at the uh, PlayStation. Uh, Life of Agony will be on the bill, so that should be just... Uh, Oh, you know cool.
2: a, a top of the line show yeah cool cool are they were rep- well and then mother mothership and death angel also on the bill for that
3: that's correct wow okay it, awesome it'll, it'll be the four prime attack there <laughs> awesome all right man
2: well we will definitely see you there and uh yeah good luck with the tour man and let's keep in touch
3: all right bro best to the family thanks for having me okay thanks bobby
2: all right talk soon bye by Overkill. And that one features Randy Blythe from Lamb of God doing some uh, uh, guest spot on that on that song. Great stuff that's going back to the Immortals album from 2007. Wow. Can't believe it's it's uh, been that long since that album came out. I remember we were doing the Fuse show I think when that album came out. The Talking Metal on Fuse show where Bobby jammed a, a Motorhead song with us. That was a, a great moment in Talking Metal history. So, always great to talk with Bobby and yeah check them out on this upcoming tour for sure thanks to all the people on patreon you guys rock man so good to me and thank you for all the conversations we're having there on the patreon page and that's gonna do it man i just wanted to get that interview out to you guys because uh didn't want it too much time to go by because i know the tour's uh, happening and we need to go out and support overkill always all right guys take care we'll talk to you next time to take us out right now The New Horizon by Sphere 16, here on Talking Metal.